it's Logan, and I'm back with Allie, and it's been how long since we did this? Oh, man. Uh, September 20th, 2020. September 2020. A really long time ago. Yeah. Like, yeah, lots. Wow. Yeah. So, I was going to put together a bunch of stats, but, like, the only one I put together was how many albums Taylor Swift has recorded and released, <laughs> and it's four. Right. Uh, yeah like I, I was gonna do more and like be like yeah this happened and this happened but yeah i just didn't have time it's been a lot yeah time flies so you've moved a few times i've moved a few times i live overseas now um you're in the southwest it's a a lot of changes in everybody's world in a couple of years yeah and it really doesn't seem like it's been that long but i guess it, has. it feels like it's been like 10 years but at the same time, it's been like one year. Like I, I kind of feel guilty for saying it, but like I loved early COVID. Yeah. When I was just like at home, working, studying, could go for a run, take the dog out. There's nobody around. Yeah, I think it changed a lot of you know the modern workplace and just people's uh, mindsets on you know not just themselves but like what would they do if they had unlimited time because i think a lot of people realized they really didn't do anything different Mm -hmm. than what they did every other day when they had the excuse of going to the office and then a lot of people changed how they work and realized you know there's ways to do it without going into an office which if you're looking at a large corporation what they pay in real estate you know and maintenance and taxes is insane when you can just allow someone to work from home and give them a computer and now all these big cities like San Francisco and New York City are losing a ton of money because people aren't in the office every day that they used to be. It's good or, and yeah. bad. Like I'm in the office a few days a week. I think we get a lot of good collaboration done. But I'm also really, I love my at-home days because I get a lot more work done. Yeah, I think for me, obviously I can't do that that much, but it was great. I mean, I got a ton of stuff done. Without you finished the extra your degree? Yes. Yeah, I finished my master's pretty easily. Um, just on my spare time. And that was nice. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know. There's pros and cons to it, obviously. I can't access everything I need to access from the house. But at the same time, like you said, I think it's just better for me, chill wise, to be at home and just work and not have all the distractions of 500 things pinging in my ear at once. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess enough of that chit-chat. We can just uh, get started. We got a bunch of questions from people in the den. Yeah, some really a good questions. A lot of very good actually. questions. Yeah, I was impressed with the the depth of questions. We'll go through a couple of them. I don't think we're going to have time to get through all of them. Um, yeah. But I'll set a little timer, and we'll just kind of see how, how many we can get through. Um, I'm not going to name the people that asked the question, but I'll just list the questions out. So start out at what point will America, American AI pretending to be agents be trying. I messed that one all up. Okay. So basically at what time will American AI pretending to be agents also be trying to exploit foreign AI pretending to be agents? I mean, I think that as far as AI goes, and that's much more of a tech thing as far as, you know, that's your world. But for me, I think it's inevitable that, you know, one AI is going to fight another AI, even if you just look at how penetration on networks would work in defense, right? So you could use AI to do that. At the same time, um, I think it would be foolish to assume that AI won't become a large part of every community. I mean, even if you just use it for the typical online catfishing, trolling, you know, scamming people. You know, what better way, if they can pull it off now with these low-level bots they have defrauding people and catfishing them, and AI is just going to make that so much more in-depth and just, I hate to say this, but a richer experience. You know, it's going to be so much more effective once you have AI down there. So I think, I think I don't know about, you know, AI fighting AI and these, I mean, it would be kind of a cool sci-fi movie, but... I think it can happen. I just don't think it's going to be quite the depth of what they were envisioning. Yeah. Hello, puppies. Yeah. Um, this is Riley. 
I'll ask the second one too, and then we can kind of, it's a continuation of AI. So I'm certainly against the development of AI and the increase in automation. I think it's the death of creativity and can never make up for the flaws in human nature and will lead to the collapse of society. <laughs> so I think with this one, it's both a good thing and a bad thing, the kind of advances in AI. Like we look at ChatGPT, mm-hmm. it's been in the news a ton lately. Schools sure. are starting to ban it because they don't want their students to use it to write their essays for them. They don't want right. students to become so lazy. And how do you really check for it? Like, yes, mm-hmm. they're trying to put out tools that are trying to determine whether or not something was created off of ChatGPT or not. Mm-hmm. However, I think there can be a huge benefit to the increases in automation as long as we do have some sort of checks and balances. Um I don't think it's the death of creativity. I know like you had written some notes with this one that kind of went along with this one. Mm -hmm. I don't think a robot or AI will ever be as creative as a human being can. There's just, there's no way. Um, I think it will help us kind of tap into our own creativity more if we can use Mm -hmm. the benefits of the automation. So we have less of the mundane kind of day-to-day just administrative quote-unquote tasks to worry about we'll be able to use that kind of free time that that is freed up for us to be able to use that creativity and get into that creativity yeah i think that you can have all the the analytic power in the world but nothing beats the the person on the street and years of instinct and experience i mean i i think i love tech i think ai is cool um, and there's a way, you know, when you war game, even in the conventional side of the house, you look at, you know, where the general went to school, who were their mentors, who did they go to school with, you know, in previous exercises, I mean, they'll even analyze like what this person produced for papers to war game and red team, what they're going to do next. I think AI will be able to consume mass amounts of data, consume papers that you've written look at where you've been and what happened and it'll be able to analyze and come up with it. But at the end of the day, you know, the only pattern I have is that I don't have a pattern in some cases. So I don't think it's going to be able to take the instinct or predict responses for intuition based humans, even those that are heavily analysis based, um, you know, stop gun too. It's not about the plane. It's about the person in the cockpit. I just, I don't think that, I think AI is going to do a lot, right? Even for, I mean, look at what the internet did. We all thought it was going to be this great thing where everyone was going to get super smart and all the world's knowledge and it's cat videos and conspiracy theories of world domination. But, you know, we'll see. But I just don't think it's going to, I don't think it'll be the collapse of society. either. I think it'll just be yet another self-burden challenge that we came up with to try to shoehorn in. And I think it'll be a nightmare for politicians and people in the spotlight because I can make you say anything I want. Um, Without any technical skill. Yeah, there's new software out that I think it was five words or three words. It's open source software um, off the shelf. And with three words, it can mimic your voice. Yeah. So... I mean, once you start getting into that stuff and then let AI wild, you can have a video of someone doing and saying whatever you want. And then, of course, it'll be the detection, uh, subversion, arms race, like you talked about with schools, right? As soon as they figure out a way to find it, there's going to be some other kid that figures out a way to beat it. And we're just Mm going to go back and forth, you know, just like hacking goes, you know, a lot of other But that's that creativity, too. Right. Like, like you said, like, as soon as we find a way to block it, some kid is going to find a way to overcome that. And that's the creativity that I think it will provide people that might Mm -hmm. not otherwise have any outlet for it. It's not always going to be a good thing. Like social media is a terrible, terrible creation. However, it's also can be very good for us in the same way. Mm -hmm. Like it's one of those really like you have to take the best from it and you just have to walk away from the rest of it. Well, and I read an article where some teacher was using chat to help her students figure out, I can't remember if it was like a lesson plan or create a play, but she was engaging the AI 
to help her students creatively do things that were beyond their means for creation. And I think that's really innovative. And that's, you know, like you said, I think it's just how you use it. It's not going to be the end, but it's definitely going to have some difficulties, (laughs) just like everything else we've created as a race. Um, But I don't think it's going to be the end. I think it's just going to be more challenges. And then who can be faster than a computer? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think it's going to make things interesting, especially, you know, if you pair that AI with quantum computing, I mean, it can get no password safe real fast. Um, No firewall safe too fast, but you know, there's also air dapping. There's all sorts of ways to, that people have managed to do things in the world. So I don't think it's going to be the end. I just think it's going to get more challenging. And that's the, that race to quantum computing and yeah we're pretty close what what we can do with all that data once we kind of get that sorted whoever gets there first yeah i think you know you've got to develop the processing speed for quantum computing and then you've got to develop the software and whoever gets to both first and from what i've seen in the news i mean it's getting closer and closer constantly i mean they had low-grade fusion going for recently not long but they managed to do that. So, I mean, scientifically we're, I think in a very interesting place where in the next 10 years, things could look totally different than what it does now. If we don't blow ourselves up or do something stupid or create terminators, but yeah. Okay. Next question. Uh, Best personal cyber defense gadgets and tools. So we talked about this one a little bit, like, there's a lot of offensive security kind of gadgets and tools that I can just keep in my back pocket. Nobody knows it's there and I can do a lot of cool things with it. As far mm-hmm. as cyber defense, there's really not a lot. Like my my personal opinion, having worked in cybersecurity for eight years, which isn't a terribly long time, but it's enough that I've seen some really cool things and I've seen things go really well and really poorly. Honestly, better passwords and a password manager. That I think mm-hmm. is like the number one thing that you can do to improve your cyber hygiene. Yeah. And I think, you know, not from anywhere near the technical level that you are, but when I think about that kind of stuff, it's just be aware of what you're doing, right? Don't, don't answer those solicitation emails. Don't, don't click things that you don't understand. You know, like when people start getting into cyber, there's always that temptation. Like, oh, I'm going to go to the dark web, right? I'm going to hop on tour and do all this stuff. That's not a good idea at all, yeah. right? Especially okay. if you're new. And I think a lot of people dive into these new apps and the the APTs and the, the AIs and the latest app face changer that, you know, the aging one was a Russian thing, it turns out, <laughs> you know, and then... We'll talk about TikTok, I'm sure. And then, you know, now we've got these things that the AI portrait stuff. But to me, anytime I see a rush of people doing something on Facebook or social networking in general, I immediately back off. Because to me, it's just too, if you have the bandwidth to create 5 million AI avatars for free, how are you funding that? And granted, it's not. I mean, uh, one or two things is not a big cost, but when you start talking about storage, bandwidth, all that stuff that millions of people are, someone's paying for that. So it goes back to, you know, the old saying is if it's free, you're the product, but that's not really cyber defense and gadgets, but just know what you're doing and don't be the first one in the pool. When this question, everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't click on anything. I barely even click links from people I know, let alone strangers that put things on the internet. And I've gotten to the point where when people post links for articles, I just say, hey, I don't click on links. So if you want me to read this, you need to cut and paste the text. And I do that for other people too. Instead of just posting the link, I'll post the text because I wouldn't expect you to click on a link that you see on social media. That's crazy. And maybe that's a little healthy paranoia, but that's just, that's how I keep myself out of trouble because I don't have the knowledge to extricate myself from a horrible situation on the internet as fast as some people do, you know? I really want to try to fish you now. I think it would be so much fun. It's not really fair. (laughs) You know me too well. Um, But yeah, so I just don't, I try really hard not to click things, you know? I think if you put Taylor Swift on a cat video, you'd probably get me, but yeah. 
probably shouldn't say that on there the you internet. have it china there you have it china mm-hmm. <laughs> now you know how to get yeah. logan <laughs> taylor swift and kitten videos you're pretty solid i like ocelots babu <laughs> yeah so okay so kind of going along with that one the next question it's two-parters so i'll start with the easy one password storage app is it a yes or no for me a million times yes like i said i use a password manager mm-hmm. Um, I use one called Bitwarden. I have it on my cell phone. I have it on my, my PC, my laptop, my work laptop, my iPad, literally every device that I have that I can have it on. I have it on. Uh, mm-hmm. The big thing with that one, one super secure password as your master password. And that is the only thing you have to remember. Uh, I mm-hmm. did a lot of research on Bitwarden a long time ago. Uh, I talked to and read a bunch of things from a bunch of experts. I can try to pull some of those. We can throw them in the show notes. But mm-hmm. it was the most recommended by some security professionals that I have a lot of respect and trust for. Okay. Hasn't steered me wrong so far. Uh, but when I talk about that master password, you need it to be like minimum 16 characters. Minimum. Mm-hmm. If you can use spaces and you string together a sentence that like, this is yeah. my super strong password exc- exclamation point. Obviously, don't thing. use that password, but like mm-hmm. make it a passphrase. Don't make it a password. Right. Throw in like a special character, but still make it easy for you to remember. Like you don't want to be forgetting this and you really don't want it to be some random string of like whatever, like five A capital E exclamation point, whatever. Like, you know, you mean like when you're super sneaky and use the at symbol instead of a or super sneaky. Yeah. Like the dollar sign instead of a three. Those are super sneaky top secret stuff. But I think I mean, and I don't know. I haven't tried that one yet. Um, but for me, it has to be semi usable and that's where like the use case for a lot of people to go as far as like a UB key or something like that, it's not practical for mm-hmm. work because obviously I can't carry devices into work. Yep. Um, two factor authentication is a big enough giant pain in my butt for half the things like put it that on everything I need. When you can. Yeah. So I think personal devices, it's great. I think it's just, I would have to try to use it and it's got to be something that's not so difficult that the average user will actually use. If you are super into privacy and personal security and you want to go, you know, erase yourself and use UV keys, I think that's awesome personally, like more power to you. But for a lot of people, that's way too far. So I think it's just got to be usable. I'll have to check out Bitwarden for sure. So I have it where it's an app on my phone. So I can just copy, paste it. It goes to my mm-hmm. clipboard. Don't use TikTok because TikTok can access your clipboard, but we'll get into that later. Um, but yeah. on the browser, it's just an extension from mm-hmm. the maker themselves. So okay. I don't I don't add as much as I want my Google documents to be in dark mode. It's yeah. not in dark mode because <laughs> I don't want to add the extension to my computer that allows me to do so. With Bitwarden, yeah. it is from the maker. I trust that mm-hmm. more. I still am skeptical, but sure. it makes the use of it super easy that I go to whatever web page I have. I have a little icon. I click on it and I click whichever credential I want to use for that website. And it just automatically fills it in for me. Okay. Don't even have to copy yeah. paste. Super easy. Yeah. I'll check it out. Okay. So then the second part of that question completely different what happens after the fall of russia uh i personally i don't think russia is going to fall i think that they have definitely created a world where they are viewed along with china and iran and north korea as that group um and i think it's been negative for their interests you know forcing europe to decide on a new way to buy energy So I don't think that's good for their GDP in the long run. But I also, I don't think they're going to fall. I just think they're going to become more and more of a lesser power. You know, there was, there was always a contention between China and Russia of who was kind of the top opposition. And I think it's become more and more clear that it's not Russia. They don't have the, the GDP. They don't have the infrastructure. They don't, they just don't have it. They're a paper tiger. You know, they can threaten, they can saber rattle, but you have to be careful that you're not ending your regime by going too far. You know, DPRK is in the same boat. And if I was them, just to kind of segue out of DPRK, I always said, like, if I was running North Korea, 
I would open the doors and I would become the humanitarian savior of the country and say, bring in your aid. Because you got to realize in some countries, the amount of corruption, it's acceptable to lose 50% of the aid that comes into those countries. I, if I was him, I would be opening the door <laughs> and taking all the money. I'd get a Nobel Peace Prize. I'd have books out wazoo. I would be an international hero, humanitarian, and be a billionaire. And you can have my little plot of land. I'll open the doors and beg for help from every aid company there is and every nation. Please send me your aid. UN, I need money to feed my people. Oh, man. And I would take half if I was him, at least. <laughs> and still get the Nobel Prize. So I think Russia has clearly progressed to where that's not an option for them. They've gone too far. And I don't think that, you know, there's a lot of support for the Ukraine and I'm all for that. Don't get me wrong, but it's not just the Ukraine that's engaging Russia, right? It's, you can look at the open source list of people that are sending things. And it's very clear that there's lines that are drawn. And I also think this will be counterproductive to Russia's greater interest of stopping the advance of NATO. Mm-hmm. as now more and more people are like, oh, maybe we do need to join NATO. So I don't know. I've often wondered what he was thinking, because previously I thought that he was pretty strategically sound. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure if he isolated himself to the point where all he had was yes men telling him, you know, this will be like Crimea. We'll just roll in. And, and I haven't ruled out the assessment completely that they don't lose Crimea because of this as well. You know, yeah. once the Ukrainians, what if a bunch of people are like, okay, now get out of Crimea and they just keep pushing them. So I don't think it'll be the end, but I think it definitely demonstrated uh, their actual strength and capability. Um, you know, and people have always kind of in the military made fun of the logistics people, you know, <laughs> yourself included all the, all the yeah i mean i'm not <laughs> i was a i was a young 17 year old combat arms kid at one point too um but i think this really has illustrated that logistics will kill you mm-hmm. you know we hadn't had a long supply train clash that i can think of in a long time that has been demonstrated as clearly as this that if you don't have logistics you're done and that's been the most shocking thing is, I mean, everybody talked about how important it was before, but it always seemed like kind of like, yeah, whatever. This is clear. You're done. I mean, their tanks break down. They don't have gas. They, their brand new SIGINT platform was on the side of the road in the news. It didn't even have a hole in it. I mean, and I'm sure that some farmer is super rich right now off that alone, mm-hmm. but it's just been really shocking. So I, again, I don't think they're going to fall. I just think it's clearly painted them in a negative light. Yeah. And I think they've caused some unnecessary internal strife, uh, quite mm-hmm. a bit of it, to be honest. Sure. And, mm-hmm. you know, I see a day not too far away where they're not even considered on that top tier like they right. used to be. Like, oh, yep. Russia? Yeah, who cares? No big deal. Yeah, I mean, they don't really have a lot. Like, there's not a lot of tourism. There's not a lot of people that are like, hey, let's run to Russia for the winter. You know, that's kind of a never thing. But I don't know. I just don't see them recovering well from this. I just think more people want to go to Finland for winter than Russia. And it's literally the same weather. (laughs) Well, I mean, look at what Iceland's tourism (laughs) committee was able to do for them. They're doing much better now. You know, everybody wants to go to Iceland. 10,000 a night or something were absolutely insane. But yeah, you can do the Star Wars Disney cruise for that much money. Maybe <laughs> a small suite. But yeah, I just, you know, I don't think they'll fall because they still are a nuclear power. And the fact that strategically they have started every wargaming exercise they've ever done with a low yield nuclear weapon serves two purposes, right? Number one, it says, do we really want to get in a conflict with these people who like to set off nukes according to their training doctrine? But have they ever actually done it? No. But it's spooky enough that people mm-hmm. are like, oh, maybe they will. You know, maybe they will do that. So we don't want to get in that fight. But at the same time, they've never done it. So I think it took a lot of the mysticism away from engaging with Russia. And I also think that, you know, it kind of made it cool to hunt Russian spies. 
you know, all of Europe is their their trade craft has been blown out in the news. The whole and I know we've got a question. I don't know if we're going to do it today or not about, you know, the social media stuff and using TikTok on your phones and and the Tinder apps and all that stuff has, you know, it can be used for targeting and isolation. It's in the news. The Russians were discovered to be on the border or crossing the border because their dating profiles were in the news. Like you can't stop Joe from being Joe at the end of the day, unless you take everything away. And then you're probably going to have a mutiny at this point with social media as prevalent as it is. Yeah. No, I agree with everything mm-hmm. you said. Mm-hmm. Okay, next one. In today's world, picture there are so many perceived threats, fears to the U.S. What would be your top three biggest threats? What can be done to prevent or protect the U.S. or our families? So I'll let you start with the you what you think are the top three biggest threats, because mine are honestly probably the same. Yeah, I think America's biggest problem is America. Um, so our, ourselves is number one. There's a lot of conspiracy theories and stuff that's just like Politics. I'm not saying people aren't doing shady things. I'm saying there's not lizard people under the flat earth that are hiding Epstein's flight logs, right? Like the guy was a trash bag. He's dead. But I really don't think that a furniture company is shipping small children through underground tunnels run by lizard men. It's just not like you went too far, right? Are people scummy? Yeah. Should they be? I'm not even going to get into what should be done to those people. But, you know, there's there's not the lizard people thing. Just stop. Like you went too far. There is no overarching Illuminati plot, you know, which begs the response of, well, that's what they would tell you to say if the Illuminati was real. But, you know, it's just not. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, if you've been in the military, you know that all these alleged Jade Helm things would never work because you can't do that large of an operation and keep it a secret. It just doesn't happen. We're not so that politic- smart. <laughs> yeah, it just, we don't have that kind of OPSEC discipline. If we did, it would be awesome, but it's never <laughs> going to happen. Um, so I think ourselves is the biggest problem. Politics, internal strife. I think a lot of people have learned that Through strife, they can gain power and money in our country, you know, politics, social media people, influencer, air quote thing. All those people have learned that by saying crazy things, they get attention. So ourselves is the biggest problem, I would say. Um, Number two, I would say China, because economically and infrastructure wise, we have degraded to the point where we have to reinvest in our own country. We cannot keep relying everywhere around the world on people to make things. We should have our own semiconductor plants. We should be doing all these things ourselves. And then through partnerships, we can reach global outreach just to me, but having a, in any other situation on the planet, having a single source is a failure, right? A single point of failure is wrong, but yet we've allowed ourselves to become dependent on so many single points of failure that we have to change that. And I think that, you know, China and us are, we're hanging over a ledge together and it's a, you don't push me, I don't push you because sure they could claim our debt, but we can't pay it, which bankrupts us and them. And then everybody goes crazy. Like no one wins in that situation. So as much power as they have over us because of the debt, we also have a lot of power over them because the payment. Um, so I would say China obviously wants to be the number one world power and they've made no secret about it. They've written books, they put out studies, they've done everything. They've literally written their roadmap for this is how we're gonna take over the world and make it China-centric. So I think that's number two. And then number three, I would say is probably just misinformation and it's gonna get worse with the, the AI stuff like we were talking about. You're not gonna be able to believe even things you see. You know, it used to be, see, well, if you didn't see it, it didn't happen, well now, I mean, I can post a video of you doing anything I want, saying anything I want in five seconds or less with a low amount of technical skill. And the easier that gets, the more likely it is to be abused. You know, when you've got all these, it goes back to like the cyber defense stuff and a lot of the travel security stuff. Like if there is a state level organization that wants to come after you, there's not really much you can do. But the average person is not going to wake up and find Pegasus on their phone. It's just not going to happen. You know, that's 
Is it possible? Sure. Are you worth it? Probably not. So as that becomes easier and easier to do, though, then then it costs less. It's easier. So I think misinformation, disinformation is going to be a huge threat. And then how do we protect ourselves is just be aware, read, <laughs> read everything you can. Um, From every different source. Don't yeah. just fall into the, I will only read the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal or Fox News or CNN or right. whoever or whoever or whoever. Read mm -hmm. everything from international sources, from domestic yeah. sources. Look at everything you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, media bias is a huge thing. Like you can go and click on any article on CNN or Fox on the same event and see vastly different reporting, you know. So-and-so was horrible. They messed up. The whole world hates them. So-and-so was loved. The whole world loves them. And it's the same speech. It's just how they interpret it. So I would read at least two to three news organizations minimum and, you know, enjoy that. Learn, read a book, understand how things work so that when someone says that, you know, the whole water supply is poisoned with hydrogen and oxygen, you're aware that that's how water is made. And it sounds really scary, but that's what water's made of. So just general knowledge, I think, and an analytical mindset. If it doesn't seem right, it's probably not right. And if your gut's telling you that something seems off, it's probably off. Um, and just be open, be teachable, be open to other thoughts. Because I have a lot of rational conversations with people that think things that just don't make sense to me. Um and I, I don't think that's bad. I think we need to be able to have these conversations that not everybody does. Like one of the things that I did in my household is I got one of those stoic quotes books, which is kind of funny if you look at stoicism and like all these web pages that are stoic, but that's not really what stoicism is. So it's kind of funny. But every night someone has to read a different quote. So there's it's a daily book for a year. Was it daily, daily stoic table. by yeah, holiday? It is actually. Yeah, yeah, I, I have that one too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. that one. yeah it's right I've there. had that so, one for years. Yeah, so every day we read it and then we discuss mm -hmm. what the, the thought process was or what the quote means. Um, so it's a discussion point because what I want them to do is be able to analytically think and interpret with their own bias, but see their bias mm -hmm. and also be able to formulate those thoughts and speak publicly. So that's mine. It's not a bad thing to have a bias. We all have them, no matter how hard we try, mm -hmm. as long as you Absolutely. recognize what your yep. bias is and can have that openness to have those conversations, like you said. Like, mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest problems, especially with social media and the internet today, is we are not able to have healthy, productive conversations where we don't necessarily agree with one another. There's yeah. nothing wrong with not agreeing with the person next door. Mm -hmm. However, I mean, maybe if they think the lizard brains, whatever, sure, 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 that whole thing, yeah. like, sure, okay, mm -hmm. fine, gotcha. <laughs> right. However, for ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people, we just have our opinions. We're stubborn, and we don't want to mm -hmm. think anything else, and that's not okay. Like, we need to to be able to have disagreements, healthy, productive, respectful disagreements. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's so that's one of the things they've talked about in social media studies, right, is that echo chamber effect and how shocking it can become when someone disagrees with you because you're so used to seeing only what you believe reinforced over and over. But I mean, I I love having a diverse group of people that work for me that all have different backgrounds, all different upbringings, all different education levels. And, you know, I've said it a million times before and I'll keep saying it is experts don't innovate. You usually do not see innovation from people that are established experts, you know, quote, in their field because they've got a way to do it and they're going to keep doing it because it's made them an expert. But if you take someone new to the field and you pair them with an expert, you never know when their idea might trigger that expert to develop a new path together collaboratively with someone of lesser experience. So to me, you have to keep those channels open and there's going to be disagreements. There's going to be things that don't make sense. When we're working on a problem set at work, 
we just had like a 40 minute session the other day where everybody just sat down in my office and started talking back and forth about a problem set. And it was a complete just ideation session, but that's what you have to do. And you can't do that in an echo chamber because everyone just says, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get anything new out of that. So You're like in you Russia said, think, living with Putin. Yeah. I think you've got to have those people that disagree with you and you've got to have those different biases. Like you said, everyone has a bias. There's no one on this planet that does not have a bias because your lens as I call your bias, is developed through your life. And you and I have had different lives. Everyone has had a different life. They see things differently. It's impossible for your neuro makeup to be exactly the same as mine. And we can agree and disagree on things like, oh, that light's red. But what if it's not to you? What if, you know, red means go in some countries? You know, it just doesn't, you've got to have that different bias to make things get done. But it's got to be a healthy discussion. Yeah, absolutely. So this mm-hmm. last one that we're going to go through can honestly be its own episode. Yeah. Like hands down. So it's about apps and looking for any new apps or honorable mentions that one aid in keeping our data more safe, which we kind of touched on a little bit earlier. And two, which ones are causing the greatest risk? And I don't think anybody's mm-hmm. going to have a question on what, what our answer to number two is. But for number one, yeah. apps that aid in keeping our data more safe. I think the biggest thing for me that I've I've thought of is, honestly, apps are created to make money. They're not mm-hmm. here to, to make you more safe, other than maybe a password manager. But again, it's created to make money. They don't really care about you. They don't care about your family. They don't care about anything. They just want money. So mm-hmm. I, as soon as you can think of it, like I'm not going to find any one app, two app, 10 apps out there that are going to keep me more safe. Like you're already better off right there. Kind right. of like we've said earlier, like just kind of pay attention to what you're, what you're doing, what you're posting, mm-hmm. what you're consuming, what you're doing. Um, that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll let you get into that because I know you also had an, an answer for that one. So I think my question is, it's almost a question for you, is we've seen the, the surveillance economy, right? Where all your information is sold to subsidize the cost of devices or providing services. But I also think that there's a market that's emerging for privacy. You know, you've seen companies like Apple take a huge marketing stance on, well, we protect your privacy more than so-and-so does. So I think that there's a place for privacy-based economies and that people will pay that premium price for privacy. Um, so I guess I, I was curious about your thoughts on that. I think we we automatically give up our privacy when we're connecting to uh, this social media apparatus. There's really no way to truly be private without Okay, there is, however, comma, there's mm-hmm. a lot that goes behind that. It's not as yes. simple as just like creating a Facebook account with a fake name and a fake email because that email sure. is still likely connected to you in some way. Mm-hmm. So you can have some social media presence as a fake John Doe, whoever you want to be. Right. But if we're on social media and you know, we've had our Facebook account since 2007 or 2008 or whenever. (laughs) Yeah. And you don't even, even if you don't have your real name listed Mm -hmm. back in 2007, 2008, when you created that account, it was tied to you as like through an email address that probably did not have any of this privacy in place. Sure. And even if you've changed it since then, guarantee you it's still in their system somewhere. It's in some database Mm -hmm. somewhere. Yeah. The internet doesn't forget. Right. Even if you mm-hmm. were to delete your account, it's it was still there. Anything that you post, mm-hmm. like you said, internet doesn't forget. Whatever you mm-hmm. post, even if you delete it a minute later. Yep, it's, it's out there, it's gone. But so, I think that you're going to see platforms emerging that are selling like the, I can't remember the name of it. There was a short-lived phone company. It was like Silent Box yeah, or something like that. We right? talked about that And it that was once. a premium device phone. And I think that's what you're going to see. But- that has holes like you just talked about, right? If you have a super secure phone that anonymizes your location and tours everything that you look at and VPNs into 15 different bounces and all this stuff, but then you take a selfie in front of, you know, Deadwood 
you're in Deadwood. You just defeated all that premium you paid for. But I think that you're going to see a privacy-based economy growing up where people are willing to pay that premium price to not have their information sold. I hope. I just don't know if the average person yeah. cares. Well, I mean, they the don't. Average person. I mean, look at Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> we mean, we've so proven like, they don't with social media nowadays. What are, why, why would you do that if you're not going to be able to make that much money? Well, People aren't that, that selfless. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, like, I, don't, I, I think I, you could charge wish, a premium like, though. Yeah, I think there will be more of that. However, I think it won't be as widespread as I like. I hope that mm-hmm. it would be. Sure. And honestly, if it's that expensive, that's going to deter a lot of people that just. So can't that's the challenge, it. Like, right? Is the price point. But if they did something like you can have Safari open or Safari closed, Safari closed costs $9.99 a month with your Apple premium subscription, you get it for $5.99, whatever. Or Facebook starts charging to not sell your data. You can either have free but that's Facebook. Yes. That is BS. I, but, I mean, that's a, that's <laughs> economics. If you'll pay me not to sell your data, then I don't have to sell it. So, and but they, then they're maybe probably they still going to sell it. But look at people selling the blue check mark. I mean, Twitter just proved people will pay for internet <laughs> exactly. validation. And happily, they'll all rush out to get their blue check mark. And that brings a whole new level, right? Because there's, you know, there could be tiered services where you have to show your driver's license to get this account and verify at our offices, you know, like uh, clear, you've got to come down for an interview before we'll give it to you, that kind of thing. So, I mean, the travel industry, that's a great example, already does. People pay for TSA pre, global pass, clear. They're paying for privacy and the ease. I mean, that's really why I would pay for it is to get through free and not have to deal with the hassle of going through regular security. But I don't know. I think it's out there. I think it's coming and I think it's, it's doable. But then like you said, also they'll just anonymize your data that other companies will still be able to figure out who you are. And you know, that's the next tiered service they'll sell. But I think people are getting to the point where whether they understand it or not, they feel like everyone's looking in and they are, but what level of harm that does, I think depends on what you do and who you associate with, et cetera. Um, but like I, I would probably pay for private internet data, but I mean, I already do that through a VPN, but you could probably sell me on that. You know, nine ninety nine. I already pay for 15 million other subscription services at this point. What's the difference? But An- anonymize TikTok so you can actually hang out on TikTok. Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> it's so bad. TikTok's the devil. Um so yeah, so let's get into that second question. Like, what are the ones causing the greatest risk? Surprise, surprise, to no one's surprise, TikTok mm-hmm. would be my answer yeah. and your answer as well. Yeah. I mean, you touched on it a little bit, right? People especially the social media crowds where people are like, I'm a super spook spy ninja, but I carry my phone around with me and take pictures of myself in public. Like you're not that those two lifestyles don't connect. That's not how this works. So outside of that, I definitely think it's TikTok, and not just for the technical side, which you're going to get into, I know, and could probably go off on for days, but like the social engineering of what they're doing to us versus their own country to me is clear and apparent social warfare. (laughs) I mean, that's, I don't have another word for it, but that, because in China, if you use the app, they reward you for doing like engineering. Yeah. It's a different name. If you do engineering products or projects, it rewards you. It'll tell you to stop and go outside. They've, put a a law on how long you're allowed to play video games. They pretty much banned anime. I mean, they're doing all these things that are creating a social uh, betterment. But then when they come here, they just push trash. And that's Mm -hmm. what you get rewarded for is trash on that app. So for me, the social side of it is just as damaging as I'm sure what you're about to talk about. It's terrifying. No, the social side of it is absolutely terrifying. 
Uh, honestly, like I wish I have spent more time analyzing TikTok, but I did have to do a quick report on it for work this week and ended up finding a really good report out of this like Australian American company that has a bunch of like really decent people on its board of directors and in its leadership. And they've done, mm-hmm. they did the most thorough analysis I've ever seen of what TikTok collects. This was all specific to an Android device. So I would like to see them do something for an Apple, but it was mm-hmm. all specific to an Android and what it collects, how it collects it. Obviously the one thing that we can't prove is what are they using it for? That gets sure. into a whole different conversation, which gets into the social side of it, like you mentioned. And I'll throw this one in the show notes because it was a really good report and it's terrifying, like access mm-hmm. to your clipboard, your IP, your Mac address, everything yeah. about your, your device that you're using, where you're using it, what other applications are on your, your device, how often you're using those applications and ad- obviously like TikTok itself. So mm-hmm. that like, I think we talked about TikTok before we can, we'll talk about it again it's terrifying. I hate it. I mean, I don't think there's a permission that it doesn't access, right? It's got the right. key logger. It can read your screen. It can see what you're doing. Even when the app's closed. I mean, there is there is nothing. It is wide open collection, whether that's and for if, financial gain or intelligence gain or social warfare, whatever. It is straight up the devil. There is nothing good coming out of TikTok. And it, I just don't get it. I really, there is, it has been open source beaten to death and analyze that this is horrible and people are still fighting to use it. I I just don't get it. It's the dopamine hit from it. One. Sure. It's, it's huge. Um, People like, and some of the, like, it was funny to get a lot of the stats that I needed for like how many downloads, like age Mm -hmm. brackets for it. You had to go to a lot of these like influencer marketing websites to get this information because they're like, this is how much people are on TikTok using it in a good way. And I'm like, no, this is terrifying. Like people are on average using it several (laughs) on it, like an hour a day, an hour a day. It's like, that's absurd to me. Like, I mean, I'm on my computer and on my phone more than I should be. But a mm-hmm. lot of that is for studying or for work or the short breaks to do whatever. Yep. Um, yep. I, I think with TikTok, it's just they have created the most fascinating application I've ever seen because it is the most downloaded application. It is the six mm-hmm. month popular application. And all it does is collect information on us. So what's interesting to me from the economic side is that Meta, Facebook, Instagram, or no one else has been able to capture that lightning that they have. Like even the reels that Facebook stories and reels on Instagram, that kind of thing, a lot of them are just direct imports from TikTok. A lot of them. And it it even comes up with the logo at the end, but yet Mm -hmm. they haven't they haven't expended enough energy to try to stop that, which is interesting because obviously it generates more traffic for them and that's how they make money, mm-hmm. but it's still pushing someone else's drug, mm-hmm. right? That's so it's interesting to me that no one has done that um, level of success that they have had. And it's, it's really not a complicated thing. Not at all. I don't even understand why it's so popular. I really, I don't understand it. You wiggle and giggle and you get a like, and you know, I'm sure some people have made some monetization out of it, but. I mean, the amount of millionaires that have come out of TikTok is absolutely absurd. Yeah, but I mean, OnlyFans, I mean, look at it, OnlyFans. There's a lot of people making a lot of money on OnlyFans, but it's still nowhere near as viral as TikTok is as Chat far GPT as popularity. Is the only thing. I think ChatGPT yeah. is the only application that has beat TikTok to first million users. But I also think that's a flash in the pan compared to a long-term mm-hmm. burn. If you look at how Correct. long TikTok's been up there, it's been out there for a while. And this whole AI thing, there's already open source articles about how it's kind of like, eh, everybody's kind of over the AI app face thing already. So... 
I think we'll see, but I mean, OnlyFans could be the biggest rival to TikTok. And it doesn't have to be adult content. You could do an OnlyFans on how to cook an omelet. If people will subscribe to you, it's basically TikTok, but it's been used for mostly adult purposes. But there's no reason you couldn't teach. So there's that bias to it, though. There's always going, going to be that bias. There is. Right. You're obviously on there, especially as a female, right? If you have an OnlyFans, and even if you only did cybersecurity, as soon as you said, oh, I have an OnlyFans, what's the first thought mm-hmm. that's going to pop to their face, right? Exactly. Um, you know, and if I could sell pictures of my toast for 750 k a year, I would. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> They're just not that that cute. But I think it's interesting because it's basically the same platform as TikTok. But it's mm-hmm. got such a negative connotation for adult orientation. It says you can't go on there and teach people how to fix a tire and have a subscription like dad things, how to do dad stuff your dad never taught you or, you know, that kind of thing or cybersecurity or, you know, intelligence based talks and discussions. You could charge people for the content. That's all it is. But TikTok has managed to just weasel its way in there. And yeah, I think you're right. I think it's probably the negative connotation, but it's basically the same thing mm-hmm. when you look at it. Yeah. And TikTok, I mean, I would love to be a fly on that wall in those development meetings and those leadership meetings to know like, Mm -hmm. how did they come up with the application? Mm -hmm. How long ago? Like how, how long have they been working on it? Because I guarantee you a lot longer than anybody really give them credit for. Yeah. I mean, as far as globalization goes, they've had that long game going forever. I mean, all the way back, that has been their thing. They are not afraid to play the long game. And I think that's a really interesting thought that you just brought up is exactly how long were they working on this? Or, I mean, to me, did they even realize what they had before they did it? Yeah. Did they think it was going to go that well? Or was it like, hey, we should just try this and see what happens. And then it's like, holy crap. Um. But that's like where Russia is the pro at disinformation, misinformation, that world. Yeah. China is the pro at data collection of so good. Yeah. vast user bases. Yeah. Well, if you live in China, you're co-opted. Like even if they separated, um, let's say the US-based TikTok, which is one of the compromises that's been talked about, right? We're going to totally firewall off the, yeah, yeah, the two things. That's BS. If you have any mm-hmm. ties back to China at all, they will throw your family in a camp. It's in the news. No one cares because that's where your iPhones are made. But there's camps of people that disagree with the government. You think that if I said, Ali, I know you work for TikTok USA. And if you don't give me that data, I'll put your grandma on a camp where she's going to die a horrible, slow death in the winter. You're not going to give it up. Like, this is not a new game. They wrote some of the earliest rules prior to the art of war on this stuff. Before the art of war came out, there were rules for espionage and looting a burning house and all those things. It's not new to them. It is a long game, and there's no way you're going to isolate anything that has ties back to China. There's just no way. Another thing that I did forget to mention in that Internet 2.0 report, there was something in there, I believe, that was showing a connection from iOS devices and servers back to China which was mm-hmm. not shown with the Android devices, but it was proven with the Apple devices. So that was... That which was is interesting because Apple is supposed to be the more secure platform, right? You can't crack mm-hmm. it as easy. But even that's going to change because the EU forced them to have other app stores. They said it was a monopoly. So they're being forced for the USB-C and the side-loaded data stores. And that was what one of the things that made Apple's good for the less technically advanced was, yeah, you can do more with an Android, but you can also get yourself in trouble really fast, mm-hmm. downloading the wrong thing, opening the wrong ports, changing your settings. So yeah, if you're technically proficient, go at it. You know, just like the dark web stuff. If you know what you're doing, have a good time. But if you don't, stay out of that pool. And that was where Apple was kind of the, the safer bet for people. But that's going to change as it opens to other apps. And then, like you said, if it's already been proven that TikTok's broadcasting back to China through iOS, that's not really good. Yeah, that's, I love TikTok. 
Love it. Yes. Never been on it. Never downloaded it. Never will. I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm impressed. I guess with what they've yeah. been able to create. Like, yeah, it looks like a I good wish time. we were this smart. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like a but great. But no, time. that's an interesting point, though, right? Like, there is no permeating app that has that because even Facebook doesn't have that level of permissions. No. And I mean, they were kind of the leader in that space. But yeah, they don't even have that level of permissions. So I would say that we've injected the world with Facebook, but China injected the world with TikTok, which is much more exploitable than even Facebook. And with TikTok, if you don't give it the permissions it's requesting, it just constantly asks you and bugs you sure. for it. And if you don't give it, you don't get the full capabilities of the app itself. Right. So of course you're going to give them all the permissions because you want to be able to watch all those cat videos. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, I think that's, I just think TikTok is horrible. I really can't think of a good thing. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. not a single thing. Okay. So mm-hmm. we'll end it off on a fun one. Um, we got a fun one for each of us. So mine sure. was, if I could lap any car on any track, what would it be? My answer probably going to su- be surprising because I'm not saying a Porsche or any fancy car. An NB Miata mm-hmm. at Suzuka in Japan or Laguna Seca in California. Those are like I an NB because honestly, you can be flat almost everywhere, which I love. You have a lot more that you can do with the car. And Suzuka and Laguna Seca are two of my favorite tracks I've ever ever done on the sim. And mm-hmm. then so you, if you could mm-hmm. work with any historical person, who would it be? And I love your answer here. Yeah, I mean it's it's Virginia Hall, right? Forever and always. Um, any any amazing person at that level of thought and determination, you know, she was turned down a million times. She had one leg, and next thing you know, she's evading Nazis over the Alps using her leg as a snowplow. And when operational giants in the OSS said, "Hey, come out of the field. We want to give you awards," she was like, "Yeah, wow. I have time for that. I'm in the field." <laughs> And that, to me, is the level of dedication that should exist and should be present. You can take all the awards you want and stuff them. I'd rather you just leave me alone and let me work. So definitely her. I mean, her story was amazing. It's inspirational. She was a national treasure to more than one nation, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. But for I would love to work with somebody like that. And, you know, we'd probably hate each other. But I'd love to work with her. (laughs) Um, that's just generally how those relationships work. You got to find the person that's better than you and go after them, not in a negative way, but try to get to their level. And when you've got a high performing group of people in one organization, sometimes it can turn to an angry rivalry as opposed to a healthy rivalry. But I, I would love to have worked with her. Um, I think it would be amazing. She's incredible. Just the way that she operated and honestly, yeah. The average person today would never have been able to do a fraction mm-hmm. of what she did. She just did not give up despite yeah. so many opportunities for her to, to honestly like walk away and be like, okay, I'm done. And nobody yeah. would have faulted her for it, no, but she, she wouldn't. Well, and the interesting thing to me is right. Like that's the history we know about for her. And if that's yeah. what we know about, what was she? What really do we not know? Yeah, behind the scenes, that is just amazing. And there's so many people from that, you know, the OSS generation, you know, the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Secrets, all these things that sound like comic book stuff almost, but were real. Um, and like I said, she's got such an amazing history and story. I can only imagine the real stuff that was never released or. When you're operating at that level, sometimes you make decisions in the field and you don't always tell your boss about it, I would assume. That's what I heard. Think anyway. It's not a um, phone call away either back then. Like, well, yeah, back then. <laughs> <laughs> there's not a phone call away. You got to send oh. a letter. No, you're just going to make yeah. your decision and just that's it. There's no, yeah. no discussion. I think that's one of the flaws of our society was, you know, especially our military was like Blue Force Tracker. And all those things where they they monitor everything you do. Like, you brought me here to be a thought leader and to engage in this problem set. And then you want to micromanage me. Every time I turn around, I'm just going to turn it off. And you can yell at me when I get back, you know. 
mm-hmm. Inglorious Bastards line. I've had an ass chewing before. It's okay. Yeah. You know, as long as you perform, you'll be all right. <laughs> I've been yelled at lots of times. So I don't know. I think her level of independent operation and thought, like you said, there was nobody to call for help. She was on her own for the majority yeah. of it and just innovated and worked that problem set until there was nothing left of them. So yeah, she'd be awesome. Okay. Well, I'm going to go try to find some dinner. It's yeah. Been, I'm gonna... It's been a while. We've been, yeah. I miss this. We might yeah, not be good. every week. I don't, I don't think it'll be every week, but we'll try to make this more regular. I think maybe yeah, bi-weekly at least. Are super challenging, but yeah. I, I would like to do bi-weekly at least. And then I picked yeah. up some stuff that I want to start writing about again. Um, now that I'm done with my master's before I start my PhD and then just kind of ease back into it a little bit and see where we go. But yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for making the time for me. I've been bugging you for like a Always. year and a half. I know. I'm sorry. I don't even know where I am half the time. It's been <laughs> nuts. So, I mean, I was just in the States and I didn't even have time to go to dinner. You so, were two and I wasn't hours from... away from me. Yeah. You were literally two hours away yeah. from me. Yeah, that was a short trip. Let me just go it, cry in a know. corner. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to tell you like, hey, let's try to meet up and be like, yeah, I've got 45 minutes till my next head time. So this is great. Good to see you. Got to go back. <laughs> Yeah, if it was less than a two-hour drive, I would have told you, but it was nonstop go. I so I know. Next time, next time. But next time, yeah. Thanks, everyone. Do it again Hope soon. You enjoyed it. Yeah. Appreciate. Let it. us know Absolutely. what you think. Give us some more yeah. questions. We still have more, and I'm sure that we have plenty that we can talk about. We always find something. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely, hit us up. Thanks, All guys. Right. Have a good talk one. To you later. You bet. Bye. Bye.